<laughs> What's up, everybody? Pretty Show and Derek. <laughs> we're from. We're from. We're from. <laughs> we're from the Sweetie Studios. We're gonna talk some baseball. Courtney's on the line. What hey, up, everybody? <laughs> I was practicing my audio earlier, and it sounded real good. It was great. It was great. I, and what we're doing now, I think, is going through baseball withdrawal syndromes. <laughs> yeah, already. I'm sweating, and I have the shakes. I wear all natural deodorant, so I don't get aluminum in my body. But I you also want... eat a lot, so that's probably why you're <laughs> you're sweating and, it, and have the shakes. Hey, let me ask you this: how yeah. how long do you think I could live off a of leftover Halloween candy? Well, we got a total of three whole <laughs> trick or treaters, so probably a year because a, we have so much. Because there was a tornado watch, so which is great because I have all the Kit Kats, Heat bars, Milk Duds, which Reese's. <laughs> We all got Reese's Cups. Those but you dip. know what's funny? Last time we voted Snickers to be the number one candy, and we didn't hand out any Snickers. <laughs> you want to know why? If we bought Snickers, I wouldn't have given them to That's any true. of those trick-or-treaters. I'd have been like, true. you guys can have an apple, you idiots. But you know what we were impressed with? We were impressed with Heath Bars. I'd never had a Heath Bar. Yeah, they're really good. Oh, I ate one, and it was delicious. Yeah. I didn't know I was a fan of toffee. Yeah, I put it in my uh, my ice cream yesterday. <laughs> Heath Bar is good. <laughs> it's phenomenal. <laughs> oh, what do you want to talk about? I don't know. <laughs> I don't either. I have no idea. Um, we're going to talk about diabetes today because that's probably what's going to happen in my life. World Series is over. I know. What? Listen, the Nationals. I'm beat... really happy, though. I'm happy. I'm Not happy. that it's over, but with the outcome. Yeah. 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 In all honesty, like I could always use the break from baseball for sure. You know, have you seen your office? Are There's, you ever able to get a break from baseball? No. Well, I'm having a break from the regular season because then all off season, I just get into like old nostalgic baseball stuff. Yeah. Like I want a Sega for Christmas so I can play RBI Baseball 94. I know, but you were like, I need to order it earlier so I can play it on Christmas Eve. Like you're I, yeah, being very 100%. strategic. And then you go, but then I'll need another present to open up on Christmas. <laughs> yeah. You see how that works? Uh-huh. And I'm asking for like a toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you want? Yes. I got it easy. <laughs> I'm I'm happy that the Nationals won the thing. I'll tell you that. Me too. I was on board with the underdog story. Yep. And and then again, it was amazing that they even won the thing because the Astros have such a good team. Well, so I didn't. Loaded. They're loaded. I didn't look at like any of the predictions or like the odds or anything like that. But it was definitely. I mean, I know that they were the underdog, but like, was it? By a long shot, like a landslide that they were the underdog? Were people like, yeah, not a chance? Or were like critics being like, well, this could be anyone's game? Okay, hold on. I'll tell you this right now. Um, Major League Baseball. What do you hear? Major League Baseball had the pick your bracket challenge. Yeah. 629,000 people entered it, right? Okay. At the National League Division Series, when the Nationals beat... The Los Angeles Dodgers, one percent of brackets were still good at that point. Oh wow! Which means nearly everybody picked the Dodgers right to beat the to beat the Nationals. Yeah. So I don't know what the Vegas odds were, but I know if you ask just the casual baseball fan, there's no way the Nationals would have made the World Series, and if they got there, let alone win, there it. was no way in hell they were going to do it. Yeah. And if I read and if I read through the the list of their lineup. Like, Yuli Gurriel, he's an all-star, puts up all-star numbers. Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa, Alex Bregman, Michael Brantley. Those are all all-star caliber players. Every single damn one of them. And then, Jordan Alvarez, who's going to be the rookie of the year, they were loaded. And then... Do they have a young... I'm looking at their age. Do they have a young team? Or did they have... I'll tell you, they got a, they got a young enough team. 
Jose Altuve's 29. Correa's 24. Oh, Bregman's some, 25. There's some guys who are in their 30s. Well, I'll tell you this. Listen, the Nationals have the oldest baseball team in all Major League Baseball. Do they? And they just won a World Series. Shout out to us old folks. 36. You. Who's 36 on their team? No, I'm 36. Oh. But so is Justin Verlander. No, yeah, Justin Verlander, Verlander plays the for the Astros. No. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's awkward. Baseball expert over here. That's not really going to work. Corrected by his wife. Oh, buddy. <laughs> I don't know. Max Scherzer's probably like 35. Oh, okay. Right? But no, all those... Howie Kendrick's like 35 or 36. Adam Eaton's like 33 or something. I mean, they're on average. Yeah. They're the oldest baseball team in all of baseball. Yeah. Right. It's good stuff. I'll tell you this, though. I don't think a lot of people did believe, right, that the Astros were going to win. But check this out real quick. There's a mattress guy in Houston. A mattress guy? This Houston mattress guy. I'm going to look it up right now. But there's this guy in Houston. His name's Mattress Mac. And he always bets on Houston Astros baseball games. Okay. And this year was like, if the Astros win the World Series, if you bought a mattress from him that was $3,000 or more or something like that, mm-hmm. which who the hell buys a $3,000 mattress? I have no idea. I think a lot of people do. I think that's common. Is there such thing as a $3,000 mattress? Yeah, there's like $10,000 hey, mattresses. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this right now. I can't tell you how I know this, but Michael Jordan has a $6,500 toilet that talks to him. Oh, yeah. It sprays the bidet in his butt and dries his butt. I can't tell you how I know it. But it's a total six hundred for sixty five hundred dollars. I can't tell you how I know that. Doesn't it say like "Good morning, Michael"? It says "Good morning, Mr. Jordan." Oh, good morning, Mr. And Jordan. And then he sits on it. It cleans his butt. It's heated seat. It's sixty five hundred dollars. He's taking a dump in a Honda Civic <laughs> every in a, in morning. A used Honda Civic. Who does sixty five hundred dollars for a toilet? Yeah, that is crazy. Well, you have Michael Jordan money. That's probably nothing. Yeah, that's what that's happens. That's the equivalent I guess, when you're of us buying Cottonelle toilet paper. Listen, mattress Mac. <laughs> This is the guy, Mattress Mac. He's the mattress guy in Houston. Bets on all the games. Gives away free mattresses. Puts all these bets for the Astros in all these different states. If the Astros were to win the World Series this year, he was going to make like $19 million. How? But it looks like oh, he lost. Oh, off betting? Yeah, off betting. But it looks like he said he lost $13 million why betting this, on the Houston Astros. Why does this mattress man have but, $13 million? Uh, the mattress game is intense. It says, but the attention he got was worth $8.6 million for a store. <laughs> So he was at like a $5 million yeah. deficit. Mattress Max says the bets were a hedge to cover losses he would have incurred for a promotion he offered to customers if the Astros won the World Series. What in the world? What promotion? What was he giving away? He bet $3.5 million at a Scarlet Pearl Casino in Mississippi. He was giving away mattresses. I think like if you spent $3,000 or more on a mattress, you were going to get it for free if the Astros won the World Series. It's just a huge promotion. He's in the mattress game right now. No, but that kind of makes sense, though, right? Because he was like, okay, you have to spend $3,000 on a mattress, and then if they don't win, you still have to spend $3,000 on a mattress. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, he only placed the bets. Yeah, either way, like, he's going to – because if the Astros win, he's going to give away all these mattresses for free. I'll tell you what, next year, if that I might go and get me a mattress. Oh, he does it every year if they're in it? He did it. He did it in 2017 uh, when they won. Huh. Oh, yeah. Mattress dudes right there. That's wild, t- that's wild talk. That's really weird. I just want to get a good night's rest, and I guess he's <laughs> apparently doing it. But if he lost $13 million, whoever thought slinging $13 million in the mattress game? I don't know. Man, I'm going to start selling, like, blenders or, like, those, like, automatic massager things that massage your head. You ever use one of those? Yeah, but I don't think. A head massager? I don't think that's the same market. Everyone needs a mattress. Nobody needs a head scratcher. No. Uh, okay, so uh, let's get into this. The Nationals, 
Huge surprise to win the thing. I'm yep. super excited they did. Right after the baseball game, okay. Garrett Cole's getting interviewed. He's already taken his Houston Astros hat off, and he's got a Scott Boris hat on. <laughs> Scott Boris has a logo, apparently. And Garrett Cole, right after the game, he puts on the Scott Boris hat. He doesn't want to talk to anybody. But when he goes into the interview, he goes, I mean, I'm not an Astros employee, so I guess I'll have this interview representing myself. And then reluctantly talk to the press. What? Not, yeah, yeah. And I think this is a huge move on Garrett Cole to basically say that the team, that baseball's just business, the Houston Astros as an organization mean nothing to me, and I got to watch out for myself. I feel like this is a statement of a player acknowledging that teams right now are treating players like crap and not wanting to pay them and wanting to suppress salaries. And I feel like that's what this move meant. We was just like, screw you guys. I'm not an Astro anymore. I mean, who does that? Immediately after a Game 7 loss, says, I'm not an employee of the Astros, and then puts on a Scott Boris hat. That, does that not sound like a hissy fit? I don't, I don't have a problem with it. And to be honest with you, A.J. Hinch, the Houston Astros manager, right, made yeah. the craziest move ever, right? So listen to this. At the beginning of the seventh inning, mm-hmm. so through six innings, Zach Granke had pitched six innings, of two hit ball yep. on like 70 pitches or something like that. Right. Garrett Cole was ready to pitch and was in the bullpen warming right. up in the fifth. Warming up. All Garrett Cole had to do was pitch in the seventh and the eighth and the ninth yeah, inning. Yeah, three innings. So if he's pissed. On how many days rest? Like three days rest. Okay, so he, enough yeah, for he, three innings. Uh, totally yeah. enough. He was ready to go. And A.J. Hinch puts in an overworked Will Harris. Who gives up runs. Who yeah. gives up, Who gave up the lead. Robert Ozuna gave up a run. And then, like, I mean, it, and the score was like 6-2. That was the end of the score, right? Right. That was the end of the game. And so, I mean, Garrett Cole so Garrett probably Cole, mad. So, do you think Garrett Cole, that was like a reaction or? I think. Like, no, from, from I, not being I, put in? I truly think, no. I, I think he had the Scott Boris hat on because entering free agency as a player, I think these days you got to be tough. You cannot have any love from the team you came from. <laughs> I he was wearing a Scott Boris hat. Yeah, Scott Boris is training him good, man. That guy is a serious. Yeah, but he has dude. his own hat. Like, what yeah. do you mean he's got his own logo? <laughs> yeah, he does. He for sure has his own logo. And the so po- he was like, "I'm not employed by them." Basically, like, what? Come talk to me. Yeah, come talk to me. I'm representing myself. What do you have to say? He was very short in all of his answers. He was just, he being he, rude? No, he wasn't rude, but you could tell he wasn't in a good mood. Yeah, like he wasn't impressed. Yeah, no, not at all. So, but I mean, that's just. I have I, any of his teammates said anything about it. Well, his ex-teammates, I guess. No, but I think all of his teammates would side with him. I, and, really? You know, well, yeah, because I think the Houston Astros team is pretty frustrated on how... So, here in 2017, when the Astros won the World Series, mm-hmm. they were everyone's favorite baseball team. And somehow, in the span of two years, they've become one of the most hated baseball teams. And it all started with them signing Roberto Ozuna, who yeah. who choked out his girl and beat her or whatever, <laughs> and got a 75-game fine. And the problem with that, I had a problem when they signed Ozuna because I thought that it broke up the clubhouse pretty good because guys like Justin Verlander were pretty outspoken on athletes that do that sort of thing. Yeah, who were like, hey, this isn't okay. Now I have to play yeah. side-by-side side with this guy. And I don't think that was anything good for the clubhouse, so I wouldn't be surprised if Garrett Cole was a little mad that he didn't get to pitch, but Osuna got to pitch, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I'm- Where it's like, are you kidding me? Like, so you send that guy in who basically you brought in the clubhouse class. And then when the Houston Astros signed Roberto Osuna, they classified him as a distressed asset. Houston, the Houston Astros run their baseball team like Walmart. 
runs their business. Distressed athlete. A, a distressed asset. Asset. What does that mean? Like a distressed asset. They got him for cheap because he just finished a 75-game suspension for beating his girl. Yeah. So they got him for cheap. Oh. So he was an asset, but he was a distressed asset. So we got him for cheap. So right? it was basically like, yeah, we got him, but we got him while on the low because no one else wanted him. 100%. So I wouldn't be surprised if Garrett Cole was pissed that Osuna got in the game and he didn't. Right. And that Osuna was even on the damn team to begin with. Yeah. Because I know guys on that team had to feel a certain way. And here's the thing. Eight- well, having him on the team, I think, is very polarizing. They traded Ken Giles, their closer, after they won the World Series. Mm-hmm. For him, if I was for a woman beater, yeah, if I was Ken Giles and got traded from the team I was on, I would be so pissed. Like, okay, you guys can have him, whatever. Yeah, I just won a World Series, and now you're taking him on a distressed asset. Yeah, it's just so crazy, right? And also, the Houston Astros said that they weren't going to pitch Garrett Cole unless they had the lead. But I right, well, you know, so like teams will do that. Like, so throw throw my closer in, but I'll only put my closer in when I have the lead. I've always hated that mindset, and especially in this situation, right? Because look at this. But shouldn't you put him in when you're not, when you when you don't have the lead, so you don't give up any more runs? That's what I would have done. Because here's the case: so bottom of the, the Astros are at home. Yeah. Okay. I've watched a ton of Houston Astros baseball yeah. over the span of a couple of years. One of the teams that is the best in all of baseball over the last two years of coming back in the bottom of the ninth inning while they're at home. Is the Houston Astros. Astros They've yeah. done it so much. So I get that you want to save Garrett Cole for when you have the lead. Yeah. Because you don't want to waste that asset, right? But here's the thing. Because you threw Will Harris. But what if you don't get the lead? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> yeah, well, that, yeah, well, that's exactly okay. what happened. Yeah. You never got the lead. And he well, said you put him bench. in the 13th inning? Yeah. No kidding. There's no game eight. You yeah. want to push him? We're saving Garrett Cole for game eight, guy. Yeah, like, what are you talking about? It's <laughs> now or never, homie. Yeah. And so what it was is like now all of a sudden because you didn't want to pitch Garrett Cole because if – so when Will Harris came in, Will Harris gave up a two-run home run. Mm-hmm. So it was 3-2 to two when Howie Kendrick hit his two-run home run. Yeah. And so at that point, like you don't want to put Garrett Cole in a 3-2 game. You're going to put Ozuna in, <laughs> have him to protect your lead, okay. and then maybe get to Garrett Cole. But obviously they never did, right? But my thought was who's your best pitcher at that moment? Right. When you're down 3-2, to two, who's your best pitcher – for the eighth and ninth inning. Your best closer. Garrett Cole. Yeah, your best closer. Garrett Cole. That would be your best option to close at that point. And here's my thing. But, but because they didn't put Garrett Cole in, you put A.J. Hinch, put his team in the bottom of the ninth inning, losing 6-2. to two. It is so much different when you're playing from a one-run deficit versus a four-run deficit. Don't put your team in that situation for, to have to overreach and try too hard. Listen, Jose Altuve struck out on three pitches in the bottom of the ninth inning. The yeah. chances of that happening that are happen? slim. And yeah. I'll tell you right now, if you struck Jose Altuve out on three pitches, it wasn't because your pitcher was that damn good. Right. It was because Jose Altuve was trying too hard. He was trying yeah. to hit a five-run home run. Don't do that to your guys, man. Put Cole in. And if you're down by one run, your team can come back from that. I've seen well, him yeah. do it. Especially, I mean, I understand the concept of a closure, of a closer, but not not in a game like this. Dude, it's just that happened in 20 was it like 2016 where that Baltimore Orioles never pitched Zach Britton and they lost the wild card game to I think uh, Edwin Encarnacion and the Blue Jays hit a walk-off home run. That's what I'm saying. And they just like left idiots. Zach Britton in. 
I just think that guys you throw well, everything you have. Dude, guys are so absolute on how they want to use their best pitchers. Like I'll only bring him in in the lead, right? And with the Chicago, <laughs> even if it never comes, no shit. Like <laughs> when the Cubs, that's what they did when they won Game Seven of the World Series. Kyle Hendricks to John Lester. That's what you do, right? I don't know why in the world they didn't go Zach Granke pulls that Granke with the lead and then have Garrett Cole run it out. Because he could have. Yeah, so no doubt Garrett Cole was yeah. pissed at that bad decision. Because I guarantee he was in the dugout saying, I've thrown my ass off all damn year. I've thrown so many mornings. And one of the things I think Garrett Cole should get paid a gazillion dollars, and I think every single team should push for him. What was so impressive about Garrett Cole is there was a game where he's pitching against the Yankees, and it might have been like game three or something like that. Game two or game three, I don't know how it went. Mm-hmm. Wait, hold on. They played the Yankees in the divisional round. Shit, it would have been game two where they played the Yankees, I think, right? And he had like, had thrown like 60 pitches through three innings. And I'm like, oh, dang. And I'm like, this is sketchy. Yeah. Guy ends up going set. Because he walked five guys, but all of a sudden he's thrown seven innings, no runs, five walks, like maybe four hits. And it's like, no matter what with Garrett Cole, he he pulled it together. He would throw pitches, pull it together, can pitch under stress, and damn near can give you seven innings on command, even when it looks like wet trash <laughs> at the end of the third water trash when it looks like water trash Ew. and it's just like what in the heck and i just well, it don't goes to show you how steady he is because i mean even if he's no. like most pitchers if you're pitching 60 by the third you're like okay this isn't gonna go well <laughs> Hell no it's he's like, gonna, gonna make it for one more gonna, inning it, and gonna, then he's gonna be pulled out he's yeah. gonna go four plus he's gonna be in the showers like pretty early right but like yeah. leaving garrett cole in is like having a ferrari in the garage but it's like yo i want to take the geo metro out tonight because <laughs> yeah i want to take the geo tracker out let's pop the top on the tracker kid yeah that's exactly Why? what it's like but, you know, it's like whatever. I think – but I'll tell you this. I don't think the Nationals got – I don't – I do not think the Nationals won mm-hmm. because the Astros lost. Right? The, you, you understand what I'm saying? No. I – the Nationals didn't win because – the Nationals didn't win because the Astros did a bad job managing their players. You think they did? Do I think the Astros – no, you, you said you do not think that Nationals won because of that? Yes, I think the Nationals won based on their skill level. I think oh, they're okay. a great team. Okay. Truly told. I've always said it, one and two, you got Turner and Eaton up top. But otherwise, like, I think Trey Turner, hell, Dean, you might have went 0 for 5 in that game seven. But, I mean, you had guys up in that lineup that were pitching good, hitting good. So, I, I mean, they, they deserved the win. Yeah, I think they put up – really good games like i think they deserved the win too like i was really impressed yeah, watch, they're good watching team. them they seemed like they were having fun too they seemed like they all got along they did they seemed like they were playing oh, well yeah. like i mean they seemed like a they were a solid team yeah after howie kendrick hit his home run his nickname's the truck right so he goes in the dugout oh and, and he, he immediately is like yeah he's like shifting yeah, he gears. Sits down. Yeah. yeah he pretends like he's Down. yeah he and pretends like he was driving it, a truck man. Like Juan Soto doing like his little things in the box where he's like, you know, taking pitches and like getting low like a falcon, right? Just looking at stuff. It's all fun in the oh, dugout. Are you, talking about, that. are you talking about the guy who would like stare down the pitcher and get like really low? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like, weird. I feel like he was getting intimate. It's like Jodeci was playing here and he would like look at the pitcher with like sexy eyes while he's like moving his body around and adjusting his cup. And he's just like, yo, I see. He's like, I see you, pitcher. Yeah. Why don't you throw me that You think he was coming ball? on to Verlander? Why don't you throw me that slider again and we can go home with the slider. Then all of a sudden, bam. You, you think that's pitch, his sexy talk? 
I think I think Ron, I'm concerned. I think Juan Soto was Rico Suave. There's no doubt about it. Just, hey, baby, I'm gonna be 21 in two days. Let me you get that. You can tell that, that you're not that a Latin ball. lover if that's your Rico Suave talk. Let me get that fastball. Let me you get that fastball. Like... Hot inside. Oh, I didn't marry Let you for your sweet talking. It. Yeah, <laughs> he just turned 21 too. Juan oh, Soto. Really? He's young. Game three of the World Series. Juan mm-hmm. Soto turned 21. Oh, that's cool. So, you know where I was at when they're I turned so, 21? They're, they're in such a better spot in that's life than crazy. I am. I'm pretty sure I was in a fetal position hugging my own toilet, not a $6,500 toilet, yeah. but one probably in a Hardy's bathroom at 10 p.m. <laughs> vomiting my lungs. I'd be like, oh, Lord, help me. I drank too much Keystone Light. <laughs> I got a midterm tomorrow at junior college in psychology. I'm going to fail. Probably. <laughs> And he won a Woo! World Series. No big yep, deal. Yep. He's then I graduated better. college when I was like 26, and that was the time Bryce Harper was a free agent and got 330 million. The fact that the fact that you graduated college at 26 is a problem anyway. I was like the Van Wilder. I wanted to experience a lot of things. Most people graduate at 22. You know, I was at junior college for three and a half years. Community college. Community college for three and a half years. It's the most fun I've ever had in Wait, my you're life. You're supposed to go for like two. <laughs> Some people can do it in one. (laughs) Three and a half. Wow. I had fun in junior college. It's just like regular school, but you can leave when you want. (laughs) And then your mom just pays for the tuition. It's the greatest thing ever. I would just leave class. Like, I would just be like, you mean I can leave and you're not going to take attendance? So I would just get up and leave. I you literally could do that at university as well. I left a class one time and I just left my books in the class. What? <laughs> yeah, then I had to like come get them like the few days later. I was like, have you guys seen my books? That's and why then- you graduated <laughs> college at 26. Yeah, but I'm extra smart. You know, I basically have like a master's degree. But the diploma doesn't say master's degree. But I've got six years of college education. So, I mean, the numbers don't lie. And neither do the numbers that the Nationals won the World Series without That's Bryce true. Harper. Oh, yeah. Who hasn't mentioned anything about the World Series on social media? I'm shocked by that. I didn't see his Instagram story, so I don't know if he put something on Instagram. It could have been a live story. But he didn't put anything on Twitter. He didn't post like an Instagram post. And Um, from a PR standpoint, you would almost think you would want to put something on there permanent. Like, I'm proud of all my friends that just won a World Series Yeah, like an actual post. Like, couldn't be more proud of you guys. You deserve it. But he's getting roasted but so hard on the internet. Like, I, like I would say. a lot of memes, right? Well, here's what happened. So in his presser, when he signed with the Phillies, he accidentally said he wanted to bring another World Series back to D.C. No, he didn't. In his Phillies presser. And now well, everyone's he was like. used to saying it. He was, right? Yeah. He was. And but plus, he was like, like, thanks. People are saying, like, thanks, Bryce. You predicted it. <laughs> That's exactly what they're saying. You did help bring a World Series back to D.C. <laughs> thanks for the thanks for the effort. That's exactly what they're saying, and they're roasting him in. And I feel bad for it, but again, it's like sort of funny. It is, but I do feel bad for it because I've, I, a lot of people think Bryce Harper's just like this big douchebag. I've always liked Bryce Harper as a person. I think he's a great guy, but I do question now what he sort of means in the clubhouse. And we talked about this the last Last podcast, right? Where, so for example, after the 2008 season, the Giants didn't want Barry Bonds back. And I don't know if Barry, Barry Bonds was probably way more of a cancer in his clubhouse because of all the steroids, sure. stuff like that. But I yeah. wonder if there wasn't something that was sort of inherent with Bryce Harper, whether it was like maybe who he is as a teammate or just the fanfare that comes with Bryce, where maybe it Bryce, is, Bryce a is a great baseball player, but because of that fanfare and that pressure that comes with being Bryce Harper and having Bryce Harper on your team – like the second he left, I wonder if the players like Juan Soto 
Adam Eaton, Trey Turner, Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg maybe felt more like because that spotlight wasn't in the clubhouse that they could be themselves a little more. Yeah. Because what sort of coincidence is that where they had never made it past a divisional series and then all of a sudden they not only win the World Series, but you realize they beat a 107-win team in the Astros and a 106-win team Dodgers. Now, when the Astros won their World Series in 2017 – they had to get past a Yankees team that won a ton of games. They had to get past a Red Sox team that won a ton of games and then beat the Dodgers. So that was pretty impressive. But part of me thinks it might be more impressive that this Washington Nationals team beat a loaded Dodgers team with excellent pitching and a loaded Astros team with excellent pitching. And both those teams just have a phenomenal offense. Yeah, I mean, I we did talk about this last week, so I don't want to beat it up. But I do think that... Uh, they probably did have a better chance without Bryce, which is it, which is weird saying because yeah, you would think that Bryce would be like this like superstar player that would just only make them better. But I do think that maybe less pressure, less like attention on them was able to help them, and and maybe it gave other players an opportunity to shine. Yeah. But I think there's also a point in saying that maybe this makes people realize that like an individual player, a superstar player does not make you win a World Series. 100%. 100%. Teams have to watch out with really where they said, spend their money at. Well, and you said the Phillies weren't any better this year because of Bryce. Record-wise and result-wise, yeah, they really were not. Right. So it's like, do you spend your money somewhere else? I mean, like when the Cubs – we talked about this earlier today. When the Cubs signed Jason Hayward, like was that a good – uh, spend no like should you spend that money on pitchers yeah, well, as opposed was, to yeah. as opposed to a position player because he's his contract's definitely an albatross right now where it's just weighing you down he's never gonna opt out and it's to spend that much money on a position player mm-hmm. his I, I'm torn between that well I don't know I think it depends if you're a really 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 good position player with an amazing bat then that's, that's one Hayward thing, but Hayward doesn't. Yeah. Like, yes, he's an amazing outfielder with, I mean, he's got a an amazing arm. He's like a gold glove outfielder. He's one of the best right fielders we've But he can't seen. hit for shit. No, he so, really can't. I don't, that's not going to help. I mean, you're not getting balls all the time in yeah. the outfield. Like, yes, it, it's important to have good fielders, but I think it's mostly important to have good offense and good pitching it all has to work together like if you look at the tampa bay rays there's not one person on that team that's making 150 million dollars because all of the parts like sort of just work together and where the cubs are at now it's like now they're maxed out on their payroll Mm -hmm. they really and their farm system's gone so it's like them and the boston red sox are stuck at this spot where it's like damn, we spent all of our money and it didn't work out so good. But when you look at a team like the Tampa Bay Rays, it's like, gosh, they've got a chance every season for the foreseeable future. And if they ever want to spend a ton of money, they probably can. Well, wouldn't you rather have a well-rounded team than like one or two superstars? I think that's how it goes. And especially when I look at the Bryce Harper thing, I think if a team's going to spend that much money on a player, it has got to be an influential player for the positive, right? So for example, the the (laughs) Chicago White Sox, haven't spent this like a ton of money on one player, but they spent a decent amount on Jose Abreu. Mm-hmm. And Jose Abreu is a really good Cuban ball player yeah. who was really influential on the Chicago White Sox signing Luis Robert, who was like this is this stud Cuban prospect that they brought over. And that's like an influence of a guy who makes more money than the younger guys on the team, yeah. but is really influential. And when you look at Bryce Harper, if he had stayed with the Nationals, 
I wonder if guys like Victor Robles and especially Juan Soto, if he had stayed with the team, what it would do to those young guys' progression having this big baseball superstar in the clubhouse. And I don't know if it would affect them or not long term, yeah. but I feel like it's better to have Bryce out so those young guys can really do well. And so for a team to spend that much money on a player, if you're mm-hmm. going to do it, it's really got to be a guy who can back it up with the numbers, but is also just a really good dude to have in the clubhouse. And that, fortunately, you do get that with Hayward because I think he's a stellar teammate. Yeah, I think but so. But it's costing them. I mean, they're. I think the Cubs are going to be what they are until they start tearing stuff down. Yeah. And that could be years from now. you got to wait for contracts to expire. Mm-hmm. Clear You're up some wasting money. some of Anthony Rizzo's prime. And it's like, I think they should trade Kyle Hendricks and Chris Bryant. Because Kyle Hendricks has a team-friendly contract, and Chris Bryant's not going to resign. And I think at least those two guys have to move. And I think the Cubs should – I think everybody on the Cubs should be open to be traded, with the exception of Javi Baez and Anthony Rizzo. Yeah, I can see And probably Wilson Contreras. Those three guys. I really like Wilson Contreras, too. I think he's good for the team. Yeah, he's a hard worker. He's a baseball guy. He throws the ball a million miles an hour every time. He doesn't take a playoff. Give me a player that doesn't take a playoff. That's all I want. You know. Doesn't take a playoff? No. <laughs> no, no. What does that mean? I want him to go to the playoffs. Doesn't take a playoff. Oh. Like hustles every play but... and throws the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, help me understand hey, what that means. If you want, well, the Cubs aren't going to take a playoff. So <laughs> <laughs> I think they're probably pretty good for the next few years. Yeah, he does not take <laughs> uh, a playoff. Nope, nope. I was like, I do not understand what that means. <laughs> also, one other wild thing and before we get to the next topic, which actually we might actually be about to wrap this up. A few more things. The sure. Washington Nationals had one of the worst bullpens in baseball. Like in June, their bullpen ERA was like 6.38. Really? I didn't know that. A historically awful bullpen. Huh. And check this out. So the Washington Nationals in the postseason were 5-0 and in elimination games. They, the elimination game was a wild card game. Mm-hmm. In that wild card game, they were down 3-1 to one in the eighth inning with Josh Hader on the mound. One of the most ridiculous uh, bullpen guys in all of baseball, right? Yeah. And then when they play L.A., they were down two games to one against the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. So they played game four elimination game and won it. Then in the game five elimination game, they were down three games to one in the eighth inning. Really? And came back. Yes. And then... Were they just, like, joking all of the regular season? <laughs> it was honestly, like, you ever watch a Rocky movie where, like, Sylvester Stallone's getting his ass kicked for, like, the whole fight, and then at the end he comes back? Yeah. That must have been what it was because then they had two elimination games against the Astros in Houston. Yeah. And in game seven, they were down two to nothing in the seventh inning. Yeah. And came back and won. And I was watching that game like, oh, they can't do this again. Right. Yeah, like, this isn't going to happen. <laughs> and you're and like, oh, okay. Again. It was wild. That's really right. funny. Well, hey, that's it. We're, we're, we're done. Okay. We're going to end the episode right now. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Find us on social media at Twitter, Greatest on Dirt. Facebook, Greatest on Dirt. Instagram, Greatest Show on Dirt. Oh, there's some deviation. I remembered it. Last time when I gave a shout out, uh-huh. I had to look it up. Because I'm you don't old. know your own handle. And I was like, I don't know how to, I don't know. Is that what they call it? It's a handle? Yeah. The ad symbol is a handle? Uh-huh. Yeah, I didn't know my handle. That's like being on a walkie-talkie like a CB. Breaker one nine. Nail bender out there. That's my handle. You got to have a handle if you're on a CB. Yeah. I think we should get walkie-talkies. <laughs> Around the house. Yeah, and I want to put CBs in our car, too, with the big antennas on the top, like a ham's radio. <laughs> where we that. could just be like, break one nine. It's court seek out there. Break one nine. <laughs> 
I think we need to go off air. Let's let's switch over to channel 20. Let's switch over to channel 20. Channel 19's. Channel 19's. Well, compromise. you've been listening to The Greatest Show on Dirt. We're going to go ahead and wrap up. Yeah, Have a good week. Buddy. We'll see you next week. Take care, guys. Hopefully I record. Love you. Bye.